is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Yeah, it's time to break down some games. It's time for some Start or Sit. Week one tough calls. Like everybody in the Jacksonville-Houston game, and maybe some Seahawks or Packers, who knows? Adam Azer and Heath Cummings here on Thursday. Dave and Jamie are out of the state doing uh, doing their work on the road because of Hurricane Irma, but they will be back uh, later this week. What's up, Heath? How we doing? This is the only thing I've had in my mind for the last 24 hours, just getting ready for this start-sit. It's the only thing that matters in my world. Everybody in South Florida is preparing for this uh, starter-sit episode absolutely yes we want to know we want to know you're in uh you're in fort lauderdale how's how you doing uh well there's like four people in the office today mm-hmm. i'm one of them and i'm wearing shorts because nobody else is here good for you and it's which is fitting because it's a beautiful day outside sunny <laughs> ironic calm i don't know what the big deal is yeah well I've been glued to the TV and, you know, just knowing so many people down there and having still my parents in their home down there, my child at home, I'm a little nervous. You you are very calm. Uh, I'm very nervous about Irma, and uh, I'm praying for the best. Please, please turn right. Just Well, away. the only thing I will say, because I don't want to sound flippant, the reason that I am very calm is because I am very prepared. Good for you. Everybody, please be prepared. I've yes. been through hurricanes. They can be really boring, and they can be really dangerous. So be prepared. Get some card games. Get some, obviously like water and all that stuff. But you're you're going to be sitting there, per, perhaps in darkness for hours. Don't underestimate the boredom that could. I'm just trying to figure out. Overcome. Like, I'm hopeful that the roof doesn't have any leaks because I want to be able to go upstairs and lock myself in my room at times. Because man, the sitting kids. there in the darkness in the same room <laughs> as my kids for like 12 hours. Woof. No. Uh, yeah, I can say that. No, I love my kids. Yeah, and, and I also am not trying to dismiss it. It was really serious, so please be prepared right. out there. Bleach a bathtub and fill it with water because you might need water for flushing toilets, for cleaning wounds, for things like that. Now, fantasy football is back, and that means FanDuel is back. So sign up today at FanDuel.com and click the Join Now button and use our code CBSPOD. New users get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over a million dollars in cash prizes when you deposit on FanDuel, when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Void where prohibited. Again, the promo code is CBSPOD. I'm going to get the news and notes out of the way, and then I'll explain the format for this show and uh, what we're going to do this season, changing it up from previous years. Odell Beckham did not practice, so he's questionable, let's say, for Dallas on Sunday night. He could be a game-time decision, which is going to cause all kinds of headaches on Sunday, but we'll worry about then that at that point. Sterling Shepard's still available in like 35% of leagues, so if you're desperate, you have Beckham, maybe you pick him up. But do you have to start Chris Hogan tonight and Tyreek Hill if you're nervous about Beckham? Uh, and see, this is probably where it gets into how I feel about Chris Hogan. I feel like there's a pretty good gap between Tyreek Hill and Chris Hogan. If I had Tyreek Hill as my backup, then yeah, I probably would. But I like your plan better. And the best part about this week is that we have two Monday night games. So it's not just Sterling Shepard that you have to pick up to see what happens. There, There's a lot of different options. Um, you could pick up Ted Ginn. Yeah. 
the Adam you could Thielen possibly is, pick up like Adam Thielen. He's seventy two percent owned. Uh, facing the Saints. Okay, yeah, I mean, you can't really go to the Chargers well, unfortunately. Or the Broncos. I mean, you're not going to start anyone other than Demarius and Sanders. No, I, like, in a really desperate situation, Travis Benjamin's not the, the worst possible thing. Okay, yeah, and Tyrell Williams is a little banged up right now. But that's the big injury. I mean, other than that, we're pretty healthy going into week one. Uh, Miles Garrett hurt his ankle. He may not play. He might miss, I don't know, up to a month for the Browns. They've got the Steelers coming in. Uh, that's the number one overall pick, so anxious to see him play. Khalil Mack dealing with a knee injury for the Raiders. Doesn't seem like he's in jeopardy right now, but we'll keep an eye on it. They're at Tennessee. Thomas Rawls, he practiced in full yesterday. He should be good to go at Green Bay, but he had a high ankle sprain, so, uh, you know, takes a while to come back from those. The Raiders did agree to a contract with Sebastian Janikowski. I still would watch his back, uh, if you own Seabass. Buffalo is going to have Tyrod Taylor, Jordan Matthews, and Cordy Glenn this week. Cordy Glenn is their left tackle. So their offense looks healthy facing the Brutal Jets. Eric Ebron is expected to play. I don't think Eric Ebron is expected to do very well as he is facing a team that gave up the fewest fantasy points to tight ends last year, the Arizona Cardinals. Heath has Ebron a little bit higher than I thought, so we'll talk about that later. And, uh, you know, Jordan Howard, you're going to start him, but might be without offensive guard Kyle Long. And uh, the Bears might be without Prince of Mukamara, their top cornerback against the Atlanta Falcons. You don't need a cornerback against the Falcons. No big deal. Whatever. So last year we would do the AFC home games on Thursday and the NFC home games on Friday. Want to change it up a little bit. We've been doing that for years. So what I want to do is the tough calls on Thursday, and then we'll go through every game on Friday, rehash a little bit of Thursday's show, but, you know, kind of more quickly go through the games. But you know, let's let's focus on the the risky ones, the ones that we're on the fence about on Thursdays here. And tell me, who are you nervous to start this week? But you're gonna have to start them anyway. You just, it's week one. You drafted them. You're starting them. But but you're a little nervous. Um, I guess the very first one that comes to mind that's just a no doubter, but I am nervous about is Melvin Gordon against the Broncos. And I've got Melvin Gordon on a few teams. People are probably surprised to know that. Um. And yes, the Denver defense was much better against the pass last year than they were against the run. They were susceptible to running back scoring fantasy points, sometimes in unique ways, but still susceptible to it. I'm just afraid, honestly, of the entire Chargers offense. So I'd throw Keenan Allen in there, too, because I'm still starting him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As far as the Denver defense is one thing at the Denver defense is another thing. I'm very nervous about the passing opening week. At Denver on Monday Night Football, uh-huh. like this could be just awful. Yeah, and and you know, for a lot of these answers that we're giving here, maybe it's going to apply more to daily. They they were bad the Broncos against the run. Um, they were great against quarterbacks, allowed the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks and receivers. But the Broncos, well, when you say they're bad against the run, was it fantasy points wise? Yeah, I mean running backs did very well against them, and they did add nose tackle Domata Pecco. That could be big for them. They should be healthier this year up front. So I, I think they could turn that around. I really do. Yeah, I, I feel like when you say that, like, I don't think they're necessarily bad against the run. I know they had a few really bad games, and one of them, I think, was wasn't there a game with the Falcons where Freeman and Coleman combined for like 150 yards receiving or something? Yeah, that sounds right. So I, I, I don't – and that's not something I'd expect from Melvin Gordon. Okay, fair enough. Now, I am worried about Lamar Miller. I'm Look, I'm worried about guys that we drafted this year higher than than what last year would have 
told us. I don't think Miller wasn't good last year, in my opinion. And he's top 12 in standard for all three of our analysts this week, and he's top 15 in PPR. Jacksonville allowed 3.8 yards per carry last year. They held seven of their last nine running backs, or in their last nine games, only two running backs scored double-digit fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. I think it helps Lamar Miller that both Deontay Foreman and Alfred Blue are dinged up, but left tackle Dwayne Brown is not expected to play. Um, so Jacksonville's run defense added Calais Campbell and did show signs last year of getting a lot better toward the last half of the year. I feel like we have to start him. I mean, you and I own Lamar Miller in our 12-team rejects league, half PPR. We're starting him, but I'm nervous. It's kind of a show-me-something week for, for Lamar Miller and his teammate, DeAndre Hopkins, for that matter. I'm going to start him, but two games against Jacksonville last year, he scored four points on 13 targets. He scored eight points, eight catches for 87 yards. That was on 17 targets. We know Jalen Ramsey's good, but he is dealing with a hip issue, so that helps. So I, I'm just I'm nervous about both of those Texans guys who people are going to be starting pretty much universally this week, and I get it. But, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect from Miller and Hopkins. No, I agree with you. I just feel like much like Melvin Gordon, and they're not on Melvin Gordon's level, much like Melvin Gordon, this is not so much a tough call. It's just a queasy feeling. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to start all these guys. It's You're just not going to feel great about it. I'm also going to start Isaiah Crowell, but I'll tell you something, man. Weeks 5 through 12, Isaiah Crowell had fewer than 30 rushing yards in six of eight games, no more than 63 rushing yards in any of those eight games, and they lost all eight of those games, and only two were by less than 14 points. So what I'm showing you here is that when they got blown out, Crowell didn't do well. I think they're going to get blown out in this game. Of course I'm going to start Crowell, but against the Steelers, I'm a little nervous. The Steelers' defense should be really good this year, really good. Yeah, I, I will say that, like, because you, we talk about arbitrary cutoffs all the time. And I don't think that's an arbitrary cutoff, but in his last four games of the season, he had two games with more than 110 rushing yards, three out of four with at least 50 rushing yards, and three out of four with at least 12 fantasy points. Right, and, and that's why he was drafted in the third round, Isaiah Crowell. I guess my point is, like, he showed for a very extended period of time. Crowell could be useless for your fantasy team. I, no, I don't I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Because week eight against the Jets, he only had 29 rushing yards, but he scored a touchdown and had 34 receiving yards. Yeah, yeah. Week nine against Dallas, he only had four rushing yards, but he had 63 receiving okay. yards. So he had 67 total yards. It's terrible. <laughs> well, that's that's not good. That's not like... Man, he just killed me this week. It's yeah. six fantasy points. Now you're going to start him. And the last right. guy for me is T.Y. Hilton. Do you have any reservations starting T.Y. Hilton? In 2015, he played nine fan- nine games without Andrew Luck and averaged about three points fewer per game in standard scoring leagues than he did with Andrew Luck. He averaged 7.2 fantasy points per game, faces the Rams on the road. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the, the Rams actually allowed the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers last year, so that's good. But Hilton without Luck is more of – Kind of like a number two receiver. Yeah, a low-end number two receiver for me this week. Of all the guys we've talked about so far, this is the one I'm most likely to bench. So then, um, yeah, give me some guys you might start over T.Y. Hilton. And I'll just start with guys that you maybe could have possibly gotten as your third receiver. Michael Crabtree, I'd start him over Hilton. Kelvin Benjamin, Martavis Bryant, Larry Fitzgerald, Sammy Watkins, Stephon Diggs, all those guys. Okay. Watkins is someone we should probably talk about too. Great matchup, but what do we expect his first regular season game with with the Rams? So those are players you're nervous about. Who are you sort of excited about as a flex this week? 
Well, all those receivers I just told you about. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about them. John Brown, though, is oh, a guy yeah, yeah. that we did not draft as a starter. Any week he is healthy and expected to play, I'm going to be excited to start him. It's and there's several of these players. I think Danny Woodhead's one too. Yeah. Where I I don't really expect these guys to necessarily play 16 games, and I downgraded them in my season long rankings because of the injury risk of a full 16 game season. But if they're healthy heading into that first game, I'm excited about them. Let's talk a little more about John Brown. He's one of the guys that I have three guys that I'm sort of excited to use as a flex. Brown is one of them. The Lions allowed touchdown catches to multiple wide receivers in each of their last four games last season. That includes the postseason. And that doesn't necessarily mean much, but I don't know. I mean, he's more likely to see Darius Slay than than Larry Fitzgerald is because Slay isn't going to follow Fitzgerald into the slot all that much. Yeah, I don't think Slay's going to follow Brown either. He's probably going to see him 50% of the time. Sure. So, um, yeah, Brown, if you – I don't know. I'm having some some issues with my lineups this week. First of all, you know, Mike Evans owners, Jacquez Rogers owners, if you were going to use him as a flex, right. Jay Ajayi owners, Devontae Parker owners, Jarvis Landry. You know, these are good players that we're, what we don't have this week. And then, you know, there's a lot of good defenses out there in the NFL, and they're all playing this week. So um, Brown is uh, is someone I'm starting. Who Who are some running backs that you would consider starting John Brown over? Um... Like, That's a good question. I was looking at uh, wide receiver, and I wasn't really – my brain was not thinking that way. I was just getting ready to give you some wide receivers that I would start him over. Marshawn Lynch. Yes. How about Rob Kelly? I I like Kelly this week. In PPR, I definitely would. In standard, I think I'd start Kelly. Ty Montgomery against Seattle. No. You go with Ty Montgomery over uh... – mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I'm not – I'm worried about Ty Montgomery's rushing stats, but he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. Based on what we saw the last two times the Packers hosted the Seahawks, by the way, and that's clearly one of the marquee games. Let's call it the marquee game this week. Uh, they should be fine offensively. Yeah, it's weird because we know Seattle's got a good defense, and it got better just before the start of the season with that trade. Mm-hmm. But... I have a, I think both teams score a bunch in that game. I, I'm, man, I wish I could watch that game. I kind of feel like tonight might be the only football game I watch oh. this weekend until whenever the lights come back on. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, no, like, you don't shut down the, the Packers and Lambeau. You just don't. No, right. Whether or not Russell Wilson will be able to do it. Russell Wilson threw five interceptions in Lambeau last year. They were all over him. Uh, offensive line was terrible. So that's something to watch, but we all like, uh, Russell Wilson this week. I'll give you two players I'm excited to start as flexes, and it's so lame because they're like the worst tier, probably the worst team in football up there. Two Jets, Bilal Powell in PPR, and Robbie Anderson, who's 33% owned. That's another guy you can pick up if you own Odell Beckham and you're nervous. Buffalo has basically an entirely new secondary. It's probably not going to be that good. Um, I'm starting Robbie Anderson over Mike Gillisley in a PPR league. I was just going to say that. In PPR, I would. In standard, I wouldn't. In PPR, I would. In standard, I probably wouldn't. I'd start him over Amir Abdullah and Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, so Anderson's 33% owned. And then, yeah, I don't know what to expect from the Jets running backs. I actually think they both might be all right this week, which it just doesn't feel right to say, Heath. What do you think? Jets at Bills. I, yeah, I I have gone back and forth on that because I can't – I don't think Buffalo's really even kind of good. 
And so it's probably not a blowout. No, I think it's Bilal, a close game. Bilal Powell was really at his best last year in games where the Jets were behind. Matt Forte was the guy when they were in the game. Yeah. So I've got Powell rated higher than Forte in both formats. I don't have either of them as a top 26, 27 running back in a standard format. In PPR, I do have Powell top 20. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm thinking for Powell. It's PPR. Last year, Powell, uh, he caught, sorry, he caught 58 passes. So he's gives you a little bit of a floor. Only one running back, Heath, caught a touchdown pass against the Bills last year. Do you know who it was? The one running back that caught a touchdown against the Bills, James White. Bilal Powell. <laughs> it was uh, week 17 and Matt Forte did not play. But the Bills also allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. They, they might, they're, these two teams might just be great fantasy matchups. Anybody else you're excited? We, we, we mentioned Robbie Anderson, we mentioned John Brown, Powell and PPR. Anyone else you think is a really good flex that, that people might be on the fence about this week? Well, I don't know how, I don't know if you've heard about this receiver in Baltimore. His name is Mike Wallace. No, just joking. Um, I, I honestly, let, no, let's stay Wallace. there. Let's stay there. Okay. Great opportunities. No Pac-Man Jones, no safety Sean Williams for the Bengals. Right. I just don't know what to expect. Like, you know how much I like Macklin, but you made a great point about it. He hasn't caught any passes from Joe Flacco. Flacco just returned to practice. Flacco has a terrible, terrible history at Cincinnati, as pointed out by Jason Locke and Fora, um, and did not play well against uh, the Bengals last year in either game. So, like, if, if this were midseason and, and, they, and Flacco been healthy— Seems like a really good matchup. I'm nervous about the Ravens wide receivers this week. I don't want to, like, they're both flexes for me, and I'd rather start Wallace, but that's just because I've always liked Wallace more. Um, I'm not particularly nervous though, as, as a flex. No? Okay. Alright, fair enough. Uh, let's read an email. We're, so here's some other stuff we're doing on today's show. We're gonna try to beat the waiver wire! <sighs> Getting ahead of the game if you wanna pick players up for week two. Um and uh and yeah, mostly starter sit and a new sponsor to tell you about. I'm very excited about that. But here's our email of the day. It comes from Baker from Sycamore, Illinois. And he gave me these greeting names and I was very embarrassed that I had to Google them, Heath. Oh no, you did? Do you got Dear Chris with a K, Anthony, Javier, and Jake. That's pretty obvious. That's the world champion Chicago Cups. And he's from Illinois too. I Googled it and I was like, Oh, come on, Azer, step it up. I am in a fantasy league with a friend of mine. We were both watching TV together when a bit of injury news popped up on the screen. We both reached for our phones to make the pickup when I conveniently knocked his phone out of his hand, thus allowing me to pick the player up with ease. Awesome or cheating? Awesome cheating. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess it stands. I guess it's okay. That's pretty funny. I wonder what the news was. Probably Spencer Ware. Probably so. Uh, no, because then, but Kareem Hunt was, was drafted. Who would have been added based on injury? I don't know, but that's very funny. It's awesome. I enjoy it. Yeah, good job. All right, everyone out there, if, as long as you're not driving or running or in harm's way in any sense, you're at your desk, you're at work or whatever, close your eyes. I have a visual for you. I want you to imagine something. This is something that I had to visualize last week in Philadelphia. So imagine a wonderful fantasy analyst, fantasy analyst named Heath Cummings, okay? The best in the business. You are with Heath. You are face to face in the same room. He's telling you who to start, who to sit, and he's doing it in nothing but his underwear. 
That's right. Harry Chest and all just dispensing fantasy advice in his undies, in his me undies. Yes. And I had, I'm giving this beautiful image to you because he wouldn't stop talking about his me undies last week in Philadelphia. So I had that visual. And now you have to have it too. And Heath, I get it because I got my me undies delivered last week. And they're amazing. What an awesome new sponsor. They're the most comfortable thing I've ever had in my body. Uh, they might be. And that's how they're built too. This is the most comfortable underwear you're ever going to own. So welcome to our new sponsor. Sorry about the, the visual, but now you can picture me and me undies too if that helps. I'm sure it doesn't. They're really awesome. So now we've got some. Uh, I'm going to get more. And uh, I love the product. So me undies, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S. I don't think you needed that, but this is the most comfortable pair of underwear you will own. We have an offer for you. Uh, I'll tell you about it. But these are made from sustainably sourced, naturally soft fabric, three times softer than cotton. Uh, you can tell. And you'll love it. Ladies will love it. Me Undies is giving you an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first pair and get free shipping. And Me Undies is so sure you're going to love it. They're going to give you a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So you order a pair. If you don't love your first pair, get a full refund. Your pair is going to love it too, Heath. Ha 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 ha. Uh, to get 20% off and free shipping, uh, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, get the best and softest underwear you'll ever own. Go to meundies.com slash FFT. That's meundies.com slash FFT. A limited time offer. Don't wait. MeUndies.com slash FFT right now. A little risque? It's a little too risque? I don't know. I'm just trying to decide how I feel. Like, I wonder how many, how many days were you envisioning me and MeUndies? Just that night in Philadelphia. Just, just that you kept night. talking okay. about it. Yeah. Okay. And the but drive home. It stopped after we left the, the thing. Like, as no, you were driving home. No, right the drive okay. home. That was Good. all I could Good. picture. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's play Beat the Waiver Wire, and then we'll get back into the tough calls for week one. Who could you pick up for week two? So this is two things. This is... Good matchups and who might have big weeks that you need to get now before it's too late. Uh, so at quarterback, I don't really know that there's much, but Blake Bortles is kind of interesting because as bad as he is, he's not that bad in fantasy. He was a top eight quarterback last year and he has Tennessee next week. Bortles is 25% owned. Luck owners, Dak Prescott owners, he's at Denver. Matthew Stafford owners at the Giants. If you are just desperate for a quarterback, Blake Bortles isn't the worst choice. I don't know you have to do it now, but against Tennessee next week could be okay. Do you see any other quarterbacks that might have a big week one that, you know, could skyrocket next week? I was, I was thinking actually it might be Chad Henney because Blake Bortles might get benched. Um, no. this is going to be bad against the Texans. Oh yeah. Not, not good for Bortles. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I expect that Sam Bradford's going to have a very nice week one. Week two, he faces the Steelers, which I don't think is a great matchup, but it's at least going to be a volume matchup because they're going to have to score to keep up. Mm-hmm. So Bradford might not be a bad option. Now, when I was looking at the most owned quarterbacks, I mean, the guys that you want to own are, are owned. It's not like uh, there's a ton out there on the waiver wire. So I don't know that it's going to be a big quarterback week. But but again, the Luck owner, the, the, uh, the DAC owner, because they're at Denver, and the Stafford owner at the Giants, you want to be looking at quarterbacks. Uh, so just, you know, keep it in mind. Running backs. I think we've talked enough about Wendell Smallwood. Yeah. He's at Kansas City, then the Giants next week. So those, the, at Kansas City week two, Giants week three. So that's a little bit of a deterrent. Uh, Jacquez Rogers still available in 27% of leagues. He has the Bears next week. 
Jeremy Hill's got a Thursday night game against Houston. You never know. He's 71% owned. Matt Forte, 66% owned at Oakland. Forte got off to a really good start last year and then broke down. I don't know that, that Forte should only be owned in 66% of leagues. I know we don't like him, Heath, but he might not be as bad as, if for fantasy, as people think. No, I think at this point he should be closer to 80, 85% owned because there is a chance that he has a decent game against Buffalo. I don't think Oakland's defense is any good. Right. And we don't know. Like, we all have Powell ranked higher than Forte. There's a chance they come out in this game and Forte gets like 65, 70% of the work. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened at the beginning of last year. They they made, used him as a workhorse, and I could see that happening again. Like, Forte will probably wear down, but, you know, right. could give you some early success. Uh, Rex Burkhead's 42% owned. He's at New Orleans next week. So if he plays well tonight, and that's the thing, like, if you want someone for next week at New Orleans, you have to speculate on Burkhead. Cause obviously you can't pick him up after tonight. Right. Um, but it's risky, obviously. That's all I got. There are some others. Chris Carson with, with the Rawls situation. I don't know. He's buried, but Procise too. They're available. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't dislike any of those. We've, we've hammered, like, this segment would have really been a great time to start talking about Wendell Smallwood, and we've done it all week. So right. that kind of took some of the, uh, the wind out of our sails. Oh, I hope he has a huge week. It's, I, I do too. Like I, like we said yesterday, Marshawn Lynch has a bad year. It's going to make our, our podcast look good. Smallwood having even a good start would be, would be good for us. We love you, Wendell Smallwood. Wide receivers. I mean, John Brown at Indianapolis next week. If you don't pick him up now and he has a good game against Detroit, it's going to be a race for Brown. He should be 100% owned. You think so? 100% owned. Eight-team leagues, he should be owned. I'm not saying he should be started in eight-team league, but he should be owned. Okay. John Brown. You can drop him after week four if he gets hurt, but these first this opening schedule for him and the fact that he's healthy right now, he's going to be a top 25 receiver over the first month of the season. All right, that's John Brown. Now, Dante Moncrief, Heath, is 78% owned. Nobody's starting him until Luck gets back, nor should you. But when Luck, when Luck is back, you're, you're the low guy on Moncrief. Do you think he should at least be 100% owned? Um, I do not think that Dante Moncrief should be more owned than healthy John Brown with Andrew Luck healthy. But you said Brown should be owned at 100% of leagues. Right. So, so Moncrief, I, what do you think? Like, if you're guaranteeing me that Andrew Luck's next w- back next week, then sure, you can pick him up. But not if John Brown's available in your league. Not if Adam Thielen's available in your league. Okay, that was another guy. Thielen is 73% owned. Give me your overall thoughts on Thielen. I'm really interested to see Diggs and Thielen in this first game against New Orleans. It's a great way. Like, we have the preseason to kind of try things out. The the second best thing, if you're the— if the Vikings offense, you want to try things out, do it against the Saints defense because you can try just about anything you want, I think. I I love the idea that they have of putting Thielen in the slot and putting Diggs outside because both of them were more efficient in those places last year. I want to see, though, what happens to the targets. Does this mean that Thielen's going to be a 50-50 split? Does it mean that Thielen's going to get more targets than Diggs? He has the upside to be a top 30 wide receiver, maybe top 25. All right, so Thielen, I, look, I don't love week two at Pittsburgh. Because that could be a very good defense this year if they stay healthy, especially now that they've added Joe Hayden to go with Artie Burns. But after that, Tampa Bay, another team that could have a good defense this year. I don't know that we fear them. Then Detroit at Chicago, Green Bay. It's not that bad of a schedule for the Vikings up until they're by. Yeah, Thielen and Brown are two guys I definitely think should be added. Moncrief, whatever. 
<laughs> I just don't like if really, you want to add him, I understand it. But. I just don't really trust Theo. Like I don't think much of Theo, and I don't own him. I actually think like this week because because it's, it's the Saints, fine. But like, how? I just don't understand. Like, what do we expect from the Vikings? How is Kyle Rudolph going to be good? Stefan Diggs going to be good? And Adam Thielen going to be good? They're not that kind of team. They drafted Dalvin Cook. They're going to use Dalvin Cook. Their pass blocking is going to be bad. That's from a Vikings beat writer who told us that on Saturday. Well, he said their run blocking will be better than their pass blocking. And, like, no. They have Sam Bradford. I, I can't buy into three players in the Vikings pass offense. I... You got a thought in my head, and so I didn't listen to anything else you said. Did Adam Thielen just have a better year last year than Dante Moncrief has ever had? Probably. I don't know. I don't know what the final numbers were for Thielen last year. Let's see. 69 catches, 967 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, but you're living in the past. You're not seeing the future. Like, that's, that's a career. If Dante Moncrief does that this year, he's had a third year breakout. He had a 200 yard game, Adam Thielen. Let's not forget that. <laughs> You know what? He had 234 more yards than Moncrief ever had in a season. So take away the 200-yard game, and he still had a better yardage season Moncrief ever has. All right, fine. From from so, can we make a bet from the time Andrew Luck returns, Moncrief versus Thielen? Assuming let's just make a bet from the time the season starts, Moncrief versus Thielen. I'm in. Okay, I got Thielen. You get Moncrief. If Luck misses more than four games, bet is null and void. More than four, agreed. All right, fine. Thank you. <laughs> Um, let's see, other, other wide receivers keep talking about Robbie Anderson. He's at Oakland next week, and then Miami. So, Anderson has a chance to get off to a good start. He's 33% owned. I'm just gonna say this name because I saw him in like a sleeper column somewhere. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I'm interested to see their offense. Like, there's so many things that I really wanna see, and I'm really happy that I don't get to see any of them. But I want to see the target breakdown for the Eagles this week because Aguilar's taken over the slot. That was a high-volume position in this offense last season. My expectation is most of those targets are going outside to Alshon or they're just going to Zach Ertz. Okay. But we'll see. All right, he's 5% owned. Cooper Cup is 35% owned. He's got a chance to get off to a good start, and then he is the Redskins next week. I think people are too excited about him. You think so? Well, like Sammy Watkins is the clear number one, right? Do we think Cooper Cup has already passed Robert Woods, the other guy they brought in, to I would, originally be the number one? I would think so. I would. I expect more targets for Watkins and Woods than for Cup, and I don't want the third wide receiver in Jared Goff's offense, even though I'm kind of excited about him being better. Even though you want the third best pass tar- pass catcher in Sam Bradford's offense, Adam Thielen. Yeah, I would say he's probably the second best pass catcher. Good, then that's going to be good for my bold prediction. Kyle Rudolph less than 60% owned by, I don't know what I said. Week People don't drop top 10 tight ends at him. Even if he, he can bust. I know they don't. 10th at the position and they don't drop him. Uh, no, I, w- I would say that the 10th best tight end is somebody that probably got streamed throughout the year. Just by Probably the, depends on their name. Maybe. Alright, uh, a tight end, speaking of which. Like Jack Doyle, if you want to stash someone. If Andrew Luck were playing week one, Zach, Jack Doyle would probably be like 90% owned. He's 70% owned, so there's that. Austin Hooper has Green Bay next week. Evan Ingram will be relevant when Beckham's out. If Antonio Gates has a better game than Hunter Henry, he gets the Dolphins in week two. They stink against tight ends. They did last year anyway. Gates is 27% owned. You know, he could fall into the end zone. I would expect he will fall into the end zone multiple times this season. I'm just trying to look. Who do the Bears play? Ah, the Ravens play the Browns. So Benjamin Watson, oh, somebody to keep an eye this on. This week and next week for Ben Watson. Yes. 
I go back and forth calling him Ben or Benjamin, just depending on how he's played the week before. Uh, the Bears get Tampa Bay. I don't think that's a bad matchup at all for Zach Miller either. And uh, Charles Clay at Carolina. Clay, 22% owned. I, I'm trying to anticipate guys who might score this week and be on the waiver wire. Uh, yeah, Charles Clay's still 22% owned? Yeah. Nobody's reading my streaming, streaming call, apparently. Well, you should pick up Charles Clay and start him this but week. But over who? Over who that you may have drafted? I'd start him over my boy Eric Ebron. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Ebron. I'd start him over Martellus Bennett against Seattle. That's interesting. Martellus Bennett last year uh was the first time in five seasons he didn't score in week one. Yeah. He's yeah, just I know. a week this one dynamo. His, this is his time. All right, let's get into the tough calls now, Heath. And emails later at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. All right, let's start with quarterback. This is mostly going to be a running back segment, I think. And I and I do think that it's week one, and most people are just going to sort of start who they drafted in many cases to be their starters. Uh, don't, don't tell my Twitter mentions that. <laughs> There'll be some cases, but I don't know. All right, all right, fair enough. Philip Rivers at Denver. Oh, oh, we're we're introducing the tough o meter. The tough o meter. I want you to tell me how tough of a call is it? Zero to ten. Wait, let's first though on the tough o meter. Where is Chris Harris on the tough o meter? <laughs> it's not a tough call that I would not want to fight Chris Harris. Because I presume you are a zero on the tuffometer. It has nothing to do with the player. It has to do with the call that you have to make. Right, but I want to know where you would rank yourself on a tuffometer. A two. A two. Okay. I'm a little bit tougher than you think. Okay. Just a little bit. Uh, Philip Rivers at Denver. How tough of a call is this? Zero to ten. Zero. Do not start him. Yeah. So there's somebody on your waiver wire you'd rather start. I'd almost guarantee it. Would you rather start Sam Bradford or Philip Rivers? Bradford. Okay. Uh, all right. Next up, Drew Brees at Minnesota on Monday night. Zero. You're starting him. No question. Why? Uh, he's his name is Drew Brees. Yes, we he, know he's he better at home. Throws 600 passes every season. They can't run the ball against Minnesota. Um, they can't run the ball. No, I don't know. They can run. They're a good running team. I think they're going to run for a lot of yards this year. They're not going to run on Minnesota in Week One at home on Monday Night Football. I don't know that you pass on Minnesota in Week One. I, look, Brees is going to be terrible, but okay. Look, he had four good road games last year, and three of them were were like epic, thirty or more fantasy points. He's better indoors, so that helps. But it is a road game. His left tackle is Ryan Ramchick, a rookie, first start of his career, left playing left tackle against the Vikings because Teron Armstead's out. Minnesota, only three quarterbacks scored more than 19 fantasy points against the Vikings last year. Cousins had 22, Luck had 22, Rodgers had 44. They didn't really face the greatest quarterbacks, but I don't know, man. Like, it doesn't seem like – all right, you want you want a bold prediction? I'll tell you what. I'm going to make it simple. I agree with you. If I own Drew Brees, I don't. But if I did, I'd start him across the board. But okay. a bold prediction, Derek Carr will have more fan- – will score more fantasy points than Drew Brees. I – like, I don't – that's that's fine. I don't exp- I don't really think of Carr's level of quarterback when I'm thinking about who might be my number two behind Drew Brees. Well, he went. Maybe that's late. my fault. No, he just went kind of late in drafts, so I feel like people might have them paired. But start Brees. But I'll tell you one guy that everybody has ranked ahead of Drew Brees, and that's Mariota. Dave, Jamie, and Heath all have Mariota slightly yep. ahead of Brees, among others. But guys that you might realistically have with Brees, probably not. But <laughs> fair enough. Um, Carson Palmer. At Detroit, tough-o-meter, 0 to 10. This is probably actually like a 9 or a 10. Mm-hmm. 
not because I don't want to start Carson Palmer, I do, but you didn't draft Carson Palmer as your starting quarterback. If you drafted Palmer and Luck, it's a zero. But I'm assuming you drafted him as your backup, and you've got somebody like Cousins, Cam, Derek Carr, Dak, Wilson, and he's he's right there with all those guys. That's I, the you difficult gotta start part him. for me. You got to start him over Dak, right? I would start him over Dak. I would start him over Carr. I would start him over Stafford. Why would you? I don't know why you uh, you guys don't have Carr higher. Well, I mean, I guess I can understand because there are a lot of good quarterback options this week. Carr is ninth for Jamie, eighth for Dave, and eleventh for you. Yes, I have Palmer tenth and Carr eleventh. Palmer Tennessee's pass defense shouldn't. I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think it's going to be particularly good. I that's moved up from where I had him ranked in the preseason. All right, I had him like fourteenth or fifteenth in the preseason. So the thing about Palmer is like. There's nothing not to like about this this game here, except that Palmer just wasn't good last year. Let's face facts. Well, but he he has a healthy. It's the same thing I said with John Brown. Yeah, I'm this type of matchup with John Brown and Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. He's got three good receivers. Fair enough. I, that's the third time I've said fair enough in the last like five minutes. No more fair enough. No more fair enough. Yeah. Unfair. Unfair yeah. enough. Uh, Detroit defensive end Ziggy Ansah, their best pass rusher when he's right. He's a little limited and could be on a snap count. And then, then there's Dak Prescott, zero to ten on the tough meter. He's facing the Giants on Sunday. Tough meter. I would say this is like a seven. I don't particularly want to start him. There aren't a lot of guys that were being drafted after him. Like Palmer, I'd start over him. Cam, I would start over him. This one will probably be controversial, but Carson Wentz, I would start over him. It's not that, no, it's not that controversial, uh, facing the Redskins. I'll tell you a tough one. If Beckham plays, I think Eli could be better than, than Prescott. I mean, that is a bad, I, bad pass defense in Dallas. I'm really down on Eli. I, I don't know how much your pass defense matters against them. It's because nobody can cover Beckham anyway. It's whether or not you can get to Eli or get close enough to him to where he throws it to the their, wrong team. Their pass rush is their pass rush is bad too. We'll see. Although I think, I think they're be getting Tyrone Crawford this week, which is a nice surprise for them for the Cowboys. I will we'll talk about that game tomorrow because I, I do want to see what's going on with uh, Odell Beckham. Not that we'll have too much clarity in all likelihood. But Dak is outside the top twelve. I mean, he's certainly not an automatic start. No, he's thirteenth for me. I'd start him over Stafford. I would start him over Rivers. Uh, I'd start him over Dalton or Manning. That's about that's about it, though. And you're the high guy on Dak because Jamie's got him 17th, and so does Dave. Um, all right, we'll get to running backs in just a moment. This should be a helpful segment if you're trying to set a Fanduel lineup. And Fanduel's back. Contests start at just one dollar. There's a there's a contest out there for everyone. You want to play in 50-50s where half the contest wins money. You want to play against. Just a few friends. I play against a buddy of mine in the office and for a lot of the office uh, most weeks and like two of his friends. So we have like a three or four person contest. It's really fun. And uh, or you can play in high stakes leagues with a bunch of people, thousands of people and try to win a lot of money. So new contests, new games start every single week. You don't have to worry about injuries, destroying your team, destroying your season. You don't have to worry about tough matchups. Play the matchups. Get the best value. Find the, p- the players who are undervalued and underpriced. We'll help you along the way. And get on FanDuel right now. It's just so much fun. It's such a great way to play fantasy football. It's a great way to supplement your seasonal fantasy. And over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com and click the Join Now button and use our code CBSPOD. 
You're going to get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Again, FanDuel.com and sign up with the promo code CBSPOD. FanDuel.com, promo code CBSPOD, void where prohibited. Now it gets a little more interesting, Heath. Running backs. I want to go through all the rookies, the top five. Leonard Fournette at Houston. TJ Yeldon may not play. That should help. But Leonard Fournette at Houston. Uh, forget about the tough meter It's a little confusing. So, Nine. We're, we're, oh, it's, okay, fine. Nine. Fair enough, as they say. Uh, you don't want to start him? I, I would rather not. Um, I, I think, I mean, obviously there's no think about it. This Texans defense is elite. Yeah. The Jacksonville offensive line has looked terrible. Their quarterback play has been worse. I don't know how much they have the ball. I, I, as far as the rookie running backs go, this week I've got him behind Dalvin Cook, behind Kareem Hunt, behind Christian McCaffrey. I would start him over Marshawn Lynch, but they're in the same category. And you'd start Fournette over Joe Mixon? Yes, I would. Now, Fournette, this is a Texans defense that has J.J. Watt. Two years ago when they had him, they, they allowed 3.7 yards per carry and, and seven rushing touchdowns all year. So it's it's tough sledding. Would you start Danny Woodhead over Fournette? Definitely in PPR. Okay. I don't think I would in standard, but by Sunday morning, I may, I may have bought into it. I, I would definitely start Terrence West. Okay. Over him. Rob Kelly, I would start over him. Kareem Hunt is our second guy, and we talked about him yesterday, but let's do it again. Tough-o-meter on Kareem Hunt. I'll, I'll say a six. It, I've got him ranked high enough to where I'm probably, like none of those guys I just said that I would start over Leonard Fournette, would I start over Kareem Hunt? So I'm going to start him. So you start him over the Ravens guys. Uh, yes. John Brown or Kareem Hunt? Hunt. Okay. Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Stewart while we're at it. And let me let me do some myth busters here. I was actually surprised to see this. The the 49ers had Navarro Bowman for four games last year, and their run defense wasn't really all that. Okay, it, it was a mixed bag. It was a mixed bag. Week one against Todd Gurley, he averaged 2.8 yards per carry and scored four fantasy points against Navarro Bowman and the Niners. But he was bad all year. Fozzie Whitaker averaged 6.25 yards per carry. Kristen Michael averaged 5.3 yards per carry. He had a big game. And then they actually do it pretty well against Ezekiel Elliott until Bowman got hurt in the third quarter. Elliott had 96 rushing yards in the second half alone. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how much of a difference it will make. This was the best matchup for in fantasy last year against the Niners for running backs. So McCaffrey and Jonathan Stewart, how do you feel about them? In standard, I would say McCaffrey's probably a six and Stewart's a seven. As in tough calls. Tough calls. They're right on the edge. I have McCaffrey and Standard one spot ahead of Fournette in PPR. They're not that close. I'd much rather start McCaffrey. McCaffrey's an easy start in PPR, right? Yes. And in, in Standard, I've got Lynch, like, four running backs in a row, and you can rank these guys how you'd rather start them this week, but it's Leonard Fournette, Marshawn Lynch, Jonathan Stewart, Joe Mixon. In Standard? Yeah. Mixon is definitely last. I would probably go... <laughs> oh, they were, man. See? I think I would go Fournette second to last, actually. I think I'd go Lynch, Stewart, Fournette, Mixon. I don't want to start any of them, but I think Lynch and Four and Stewart have the best chance to score. I, I see a one yard touchdown run in, in Jonathan Stewart. But the problem is, like, in a standard, would you start Amir Abdullah over any of those guys? No, I, there's no way I would. No. 
I wouldn't start Gillisley over them. I wouldn't start Paul Perkins over them or Tevin Coleman. I'd start so. Gillisley. I'd start Gillisley. Because if we're just right, – you know what? I think Marshawn Lynch deserves a little more credit because the, they, he's their offseason acquisition. It's early in the year. He's not tired and beat up yet. The Titans did not give up a lot of fantasy points to running backs, but that's because everybody threw on them. So I think they will try to feature Marshawn Lynch probably a little bit more than you think they will. So I will put him at the head of this class. Not to say I love him, but I'll put him ahead of the questionable guys. And then Abdullah we'll talk about in a moment. He's interesting. Oh, God. I hate it. I might there go wide the, receiver. I might go wide receiver. a lot of good running backs that you feel comfortable starting this week. There are not? No. Oof. So, Jonathan, so Terrence West ahead of these guys. Terrence West is ahead of all of them. Mark Ingram's ahead of all of them. Uh, Frank Gore's ahead of all of them. No, can't agree. I know. It's not, a, I, but they're all the same to me. I, I, I see your point with Gore. I just, I hate Gore without Ryan Kelly, their center, and Andrew Luck. I, I, no. But Aaron Donald's not there. No, Aaron Donald, that helps. You're just hoping for touchdowns, in my opinion. I don't think you're getting a lot of guys. yards. Yeah. Except McCaffrey. McCaffrey can get you a hundred yards. That seems so optimistic Could. when we're putting Jonathan Stewart in the same group, though. In standard, I, but in PPR, it's not close. Yeah. Just you expect if one of them is going to get a short yardage rushing touchdown, you expect it to be Stewart. Yeah. I'm not starting Joe Mixon. I've got him in one league, and i got to see what happens there with those running backs. Baltimore's defense might be really good this year, too. Uh Dalvin Cook, he's got to be the best Rookie running back this week. He's right? the best rookie running back. I, he's one spot ahead of Kareem Hunt for me, right behind Melvin Gordon. See, I would start him over Lamar Miller, Dalvin Cook. I don't think I would just because I am a little – and this is not really doubting Cook or doubting the situation or anything. This is going back to a thing that a podcast host that is really smart told <laughs> me about a month ago is even the really good rookie running backs sometimes get off to slow starts because they've got to share more the first couple weeks of the season while they build their would. coach's trust. I don't think this one will. I don't think this I, one. I think they turn them loose. Yeah, I, I have a hard time believing that like they gave Latavius Murray that money and they're not even going to try to get some carries out of him. Oh, they will. But, all right. Well, but Cook is a good start this week. That's Yes, yes. I'm happy with Cook. Ty Montgomery, is he a tough call against the Seahawks? He's a tougher call in standard for me, but I'm still starting him. I... I don't think there's anybody else on that team that's ready to help carry the load. And they're going to throw the ball a bunch, but I would anticipate that Aaron Rodgers is going to have to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. And Montgomery can take advantage of that. Seattle allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs and added Sheldon Richardson after giving up 3.4 yards per carry last year. But Montgomery did well against them. He had uh, 9 for 41 rushing and 3 for 45 receiving. And pass-catching running backs, seven running backs had more than 40 yards receiving against the Seahawks. Most of them were late in the year. It does coincide with Earl Thomas's absence, so I I don't know that that will continue. Uh, would you rather start Dalvin Cook or Ty Montgomery? Dalvin Cook and Kareem Hunt, and I'd put both of those over Montgomery. But I would start Montgomery over West, Ingram, and all those crappy running backs we just talked about. Would you start Kelvin Benjamin or Ty Montgomery? That is a good question because I I like Benjamin okay this week. Yeah, yeah I think the Packers are going to do whatever they want. Like the Seahawks went on the road last year to face three very very good elite offenses. They did not do well at New England, although they held Tom Brady to ten points. But Legarrette Blunt scored three touchdowns. Brady threw for three hundred something yards. They gave up a bunch bunch of points at New Orleans. They gave up a bunch of points at 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 uh, Green Bay. 
I I respect the hell out of the Seahawks defense, but I I I don't I just don't think the Packers are going to have a problem. Yeah, I'm going to go with Montgomery over Benjamin. Tevin Coleman at Chicago. That's a really difficult one for me. It, every I, week. It, yeah, it's going to be every week. If and I assume when we're talking about this, we're talking about as a running back too. Yeah. Like you're starting Tevin Coleman as a flex if I, if you don't have three really good receivers. Would you start him over Bilal Powell, Robbie Anderson, John Brown? I would start Tevin Coleman over Anderson and Powell in standard. I would not start him over John Brown. I think Kevin Tevin Coleman and PPR might be last in that whole group. Would you start Tevin Coleman or Stefan Diggs? Diggs for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, the Bears stink. Like and Diggs is the top 15, 20 receiver for me this yeah, week. Yeah, uh, Dave is a little low on him. I don't, I'm not quite sure why. That's Dave not, doesn't like Stephon Diggs. That's true. I don't know where he, let me see where Dave has Diggs in, in PPR. But he has him 26th in, uh, he has him 18th in PPR. 26th in standard. Uh, alright, so Coleman is kind of flexy. And, um, Amir Abdullah. Alright, so yeah, I do want to talk about this because the, the, the Cardinals gave up 3.6 yards per carry, third fewest fantasy points to running backs last year. They lost Clayus Campbell, and I also think very important, inside linebacker Dayon Buchanan is not going to play. He's going to be replaced by a rookie, Hassan Reddick, with a pedigree, but still a rookie. Um, I don't love it. I don't feel great about Amir Abdullah, but I feel better about him without Buchanan than I did before. How do you feel about Amir Abdullah? I don't really see a situation. There's, If I'm starting him as my second running back— Maybe I've got Jay Ajayi and Doug Martin and Jacquez Rogers. I don't know. I I don't really. I, I might start him as a flex, but I've got him behind Paul Perkins. Oh, okay. So he's a so Amir Abdullah is a sit for you. Yes. So you'd start Pierre Garcon or Amir Abdullah? In PPR for sure, Garcon. Yeah, I might take the chance on the running back in standard. How about Allen Robinson at Houston or or Amir Abdullah? Nah, I might go with Abdullah in that situation. Okay. No, I don't think so. I think I'd go Robinson. <laughs> I I don't like how many carries do we think Amir Abdullah gets if his first ten go for twelve yards? Yeah. Look, they upgraded their offensive line. Now they're without Taylor Decker, their left tackle, but the interior of their offensive line, they got T.J. Lang. Uh, maybe they run the ball better this year. It's tough because I like Abdullah so much, but I I hate the matchup. Uh, Rob Kelly against Philadelphia. I'm starting him. Yeah. It's, it's a decent Eagles defense, but the volume's going to be there. And we've talked about, like, to me, he's a lot like Lynch, Stewart, all those guys, except he's going to get more volume. Mm, Thomas Rawls at Green Bay. I don't want to mess with the Seattle running back situation. I, I kind of feel like it's going to be, if Perkins is healthy, it's going to be one of those situations where he's getting two series and then Lacey's getting a series and neither one of them are getting third oh, down. Oh, look at you. You love Paul in. Perkins so much, you just put Perkins on the Seahawks. Yes. Well, he'd be their best running back. <laughs> uh, yes, and then Procise comes in for third downs and yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to mess with the Seahawks running backs. I don't want to have to start either of the Saints running backs or any of the Bengals running backs. I mean, like, this is week one, and there's only two teams that aren't playing. So you shouldn't have to settle for committees. Agreed. Right? Like, start a wide receiver if that's the case. Uh, speaking you deserve of, better. Yeah. Speaking of wide receivers, any concerns about Alshon Jeffrey, who is going to most likely be shadowed by Josh Norman? And he has a good history against Josh Norman. 
No, I'm not concerned about him. He's a uh, he's a start for me. Uh, Devontae Adams against Seattle. I know you got to start Jordy Nelson, but what about Devontae Adams? I don't want to start Devontae Adams. I we talked about Ty Hilton earlier. I've got Adams one spot behind Ty Hilton. Really? So so Adams and Jordy they played last year and they both scored 16 fantasy points against Seattle. They combined for three touchdowns. And I looked at the game logs and good wide receivers did very well against Seattle last year. Now Earl Thomas did miss half the season. Uh, but I think, you know, their number two cornerback spot might be a little weak. Yeah. Although I feel like Adams will be lined up against Sherman a lot based on the side of the field. I'm not positive about that. I think, yes, I think, I know, I think that's completely true. I, I'm gonna start him. Uh, you have Hilton ahead of him, you said? I've got Hilton 23 at wide receiver, Adams 24. So you're probably still starting him. Okay. But I don't feel good about it. Are you gonna start Mike Wallace over Devontae Adams? No chance. Okay. Um, DeAndre Hopkins we already talked about. And then Sammy Watkins. Like, Indianapolis stinks, and they don't have Vontae Davis. I get it. I just don't know what to expect from Sammy Watkins. I think you and I have him in Heathdom, and we'll start him. We'll start Watkins. Yeah. I wouldn't mind sitting it out. Do you feel like there's a chance that, you know, waiting and seeing what happens? Do you think there's a chance, how good of a chance for Watkins to have a huge game? It's You said it at the very beginning. It's the Colts, and they don't have Vontae Davis. If Jared Goff can put the ball within six yards of him, he's got a chance of scoring a touchdown. So, yeah, I would start Watkins over Devontae Adams. You would? Yes. Interesting. I'd start him over T.Y. Hilton. Would I'd you start s- him over Tyreek Hill tonight. Would you start him over Leonard Fournette, Sammy Watkins, Leonard Fournette? Yes. Here's what I'm a little worried about. In standard scoring, Golden Tate. Yeah, I I feel like I have Golden Tate ranked too high. Where do you so have? So I agree with you. You've got Golden Tate fifteenth in PPR and fifteenth in standard. Yeah, Dave and Jamie have him as a number number three ish wide receiver in standard. Yeah, I mean Golden I, Tate in tough matchups last year, seven for forty two at Houston, eleven for seventy nine and a touchdown at Minnesota, but he got a twenty eight yard touchdown pass in overtime. Three for 27 against Jacksonville, who did very well against receivers last year. Five for 77 against Minnesota. Eight for 122 at the Giants. That was impressive. And three for 25 at Seattle. If you notice something, in those tough matchups last year, only caught one touchdown. So that's why, in standard, I'm a little concerned about Golden Tate. Yeah, I I will probably be dropping him today. But I'm not, I, I don't see a situation where I'll drop him below T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, dropping him in the rankings, not in leagues. No. Uh, and then finally, how about this? How about a guy who played a team twice last year and had negative one fantasy point on 14 targets, I believe, in two games? Des Bryant against the Giants, week one. You know, this is probably one of our biggest disputes in our rankings this week. Ooh. Uh, and I have had people tweeting at me saying, ask Dave and Jamie this, and I can't ask them anything because they're not here. But... I still have Dez as a top 10 wide receiver. Jamie's got him 23rd. Dave has Dez. You have you have fifth. Dave has Dez, Dez 21st. How about that? Yeah, he got owned by Janoris Jenkins last year. I'm going to give I, you a prediction. I, yeah. Janoris Jenkins just had his best season and will not be as locked down as he was. I think he'll be good. But I don't yeah, think I think that's probably good. true. Corners are a little bit like relievers in baseball like that. Yeah. Well, not the elite ones. I just... I was shocked that Janoris was that good last year. 
Uh, I'm going to make a prediction. Des Bryant is going to score a touchdown on Sunday night. I'm more confident in him getting a touchdown than I am in him getting 50 yards. He's going to do both. All right, that's a big week for Des. Uh, and tight ends. Look, I think with tight ends, you know, you could stream Charles Clay. Uh, you could stream Ben Watson if you're if you're really desperate. Can, can we go back to that wide receiver? And I know, yeah, sure. This is not what we're doing here, but like when you say you've got Des fifth, it gives me a little anxiety. But then you look at who's behind him, and you got Jordy against Seattle, Michael Thomas at Minnesota. It's tough, right? DeAndre Hopkins, Alshon Jeffrey, we just talked about them. Should Doug Baldwin be a top five wide receiver this week? Uh, maybe. Probably. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think th- there are going to be like some high scoring games. Like Philadelphia, Washington has a chance to give us some, some top five wide receivers. Whether it's Pryor or Crowder or Alshon. Right, but you're not ranking rank J- Jamison Crowder ahead of Dez and Jordy. I mean, you could – not ahead of Jordy, no way. <laughs> but you think Dez – so you're agreeing with Dave and Jamie that Dez should be in the 20s. No, because in the first game of the year last year, Dez caught a touchdown and it was overturned or he dropped it or something like that. Yeah. So it, it would have been like an eight-point game if he had caught that. I think he's cool. I think he's got a very good chance to score. Like if I dropped Dez by Sunday, it would not be below seven. I'm not trusting Michael Thomas against Minnesota's defense over Dez against the Giants. As far as tight ends go, Eric Ebron, Arizona allowed the fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Ebron's banged up. He's going to play. I'm surprised you have him 12th. Yeah, for for Ebron. Well, did you happen to look at the tight ends who were after him? Let's take a look. <laughs> yeah, because there's not a lot of them that you would be really excited about, I don't And think. you are starting Clay over him. Uh, yes. My my number one tight end sleeper that 22% of people have owned. I would gamble on Martellus Bennett over Ebron. Yeah, I, I don't think the matchup's any better for Bennett. And just like you said, Arizona's missing a linebacker. They are. That's true. Um, but they have Tyron Matthew back. Uh, Zach Miller, Kobe Fleener, Ben Watson. Watson's really interesting. I'm trying to pull up the stats on, on Ben Watson. Um, Cincinnati allowed the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends last year. And in two games, Dennis Pitta, in two games against Cincinnati, had one bad game, three for 34, but he had 11 for 91 on 16 targets. That was last year. I guess that's not really so convincing for Watson. But it's interesting. And no Burfecht, no Jones. And uh, one of their start their starting safety is out too, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, Sean Williams is the name. Couldn't I, I couldn't get. If you're desperate, Ben Watson, but there are not 12 tight ends that people are going to feel comfortable with this week. Correct. Correct. Absolutely correct. I don't think most apparently people don't feel comfortable with Charles Clay, and I don't know 100 percent that people feel comfortable with Hunter Henry against Denver. So there may only be nine. Let's read some emails. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This is from Jeff. A little worried about Ted Ginn stealing the, uh, stealing a lot of Sneed's targets in a 12 team PPR with only four bench spots. Would you drop Sneed for Corey Coleman? That's a good question. I don't think I would because I'm assuming that's my third or fourth wide receiver and I, there's more, I, I believe. I would do it. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Here's what I would say about being afraid of Ted Ginn stealing Willie Sneed's targets. Ted Ginn's 32 years old. He's played in the NFL for this will be his 11th season. 
He's had one time in his entire career where he's averaged more than six targets per game. That was 6.1. He's never topped 100 targets in his entire career. He's a deep threat. He's not going to take yes. Willie Sneed's role. Right. Bruce in San Diego, a disgruntled Chargers fan, says, Dear Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Adam, too. Is owning Derrick Henry a must for the DeMarco Murray owner? I wouldn't like if you're asking at this point. I feel like he's on your waiver wire, maybe. No, he if would that's have the to, case. Then he yes. could trade Danny Woodhead for for Derrick Henry. No, I would I would do it in a second in standard scoring, without hesitation. I'd consider it in standard scoring. I I'm not as excited about handcuffing as everyone else is. I am if I if I feel like Demarco Murray goes down, Derrick Henry would be must start most weeks. Right. So I I. I have a different philosophy than Heath. I think we're going to disagree on that one. Fair enough. That's uh, like the sixth time I've said it. Adam in upstate New York. Hey, Hunt, Abdul-Jabbar, Jackson, and McKenzie. Kareem's. Hmm. 0.75 PPR. What's the point? Who should I pick? Oh, I'm sorry. This is a Jacquez Rogers question. So that answer was for, was uh, easy for you, Adam. There you go. From Peyton. Mariota. Oh, this was a Jameis Winston question. Okay, should have proofread these emails. But we would have gone with Mariota over Winston anyway. This is from Joe. I've been in a league for five years with the same group of people from a restaurant I used to work at. The buy-in for the league has always been $35. And it's been more about bragging rights than money. But before our draft a few days ago, while we were going over rules and such, the commissioner says we're going to a $100 buy-in starting right now. I didn't say a word because I didn't want to be the poor guy who stands out against everyone, but I'm not happy about this. I had my $35 in my pocket ready to go. Am I right to feel indignant about this? Yes. Yes, you have every right to be irritated. No one should be shamed for not wanting to spend as much money as everyone else on the league. Uh, like, There's not anything. What are you going to do about it, though? I know. You guys did that to me with the Fantasy Football Today League. They doubled uh, the entry. For that's me. not true at all. Completely not true. I voted for keeping it the same. I understand. But we had a league-wide vote, and the majority won. Yeah, this but so guy, what? His so, commissioner just told him. Okay, but what, what if, that doesn't really matter that the majority won. If there are three people that don't want to pay more money, you should respect that. I, they kept pressuring me to vote because it was close, and I said I don't care. You owe me $25. Uh, this is Joe from Illinois. Would you trade Andrew Luck and Martavis Bryant for Tom Brady in a four-point-per-passing touchdown PPR league? So you give up Luck and Martavis Bryant for Tom Brady. Mm, I don't think – no, I would not. Um, finally, would you drop – as the Carlos Hyde owner, this is Dario from outside of Philly. Would you drop any of these guys for Matt Breida? Deontay Foreman, Kenny Britt, Zay Jones, Robbie Anderson, Cooper Cup. Foreman. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, it makes sense. Good job, Heath. It was a great, great, great podcast. It's always great doing podcasts with you. Thanks, man. Hopefully I'll do one with you next week, but. You will. You will. We'll see. Um, we are gonna, yeah, we're gonna do our best to be on regularly scheduled programming, which would mean one on Friday, one on Saturday, one on Sunday nights. Uh, uh, to everybody that's in the path of Irma, best of luck, stay safe, thank you for listening, uh, and we will talk to you, uh, with me and Jamie tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. It's all-